Welcome to Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. On today's episode, I speak with the incomparable Uzo Aduba, who is currently starring in Second Stage's Broadway production of Lynn Nottage's dark comedy, Clyde's. Uzo has previously appeared on Broadway in Quorum Boy and Godspell before making her return at the Helen Hayes Theater, but she is most likely known as the three-time Emmy Award-winning star of Orange is the New Black, Mrs. America, In Treatment, and more. Clyde's is playing on Broadway where it got phenomenal reviews, including from me, through January 16th, and beginning on January 4th, you will be able to stream the final two weeks of performances live from Broadway. We will, of course, have links to where you can purchase tickets to both the Broadway and streaming iterations of the show in the show notes and in the article version of this episode on broadwayradio.com. In our conversation, Uzo talks about subverting expectations in this surprisingly dark comedy, the superpowers of her individual co-stars, her idea of what makes a perfect sandwich, and much more. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with the legendary Uzo Aduba. Well, I figure we can just uh, dive in. I, I don't want to take too much of your time. On a, Is this a two-show day? Yes, it is. Okay, so I'm sure you've got stuff to do in between shows. But I saw the show uh, a couple weeks ago, and as I was, <laughs> we were talking before we got you on the line, I went in fairly early in previews, so I didn't know, I hadn't heard a ton about it other than the elevator pitch, and I was expecting a very different show, um, something perhaps mm. a little bit more line, more in line with Sweat, um, but from the jokes and uh, you popping up out of nowhere in different places to some of the conversations about sandwiches, it seemed like the show enjoyed springing some surprises, large and small, on the audience. Is there something fun about messing with the audience's expectations when they come in and see a, a show on Broadway for the first time? Absolutely. I think, you know, I think, I think it, the show does so much to speak to that very thing about expectations, right? Because this mm-hmm. play itself, I think Lynn has done a really beautiful job with <clears throat> dripping it with comedy and, you know, also seriousness, but very much so a fun and funny piece. Um, it's not what you expect. And I think that speaks a lot to the people that she's representing in the play itself, right? It's a show about people who we have an idea of who they are, you know, based on the places they have been and and the things they have um, experienced in their life. But the truth of the matter is there's so much more than just their, than their mistake. And in turn, I think what they're also discovering in the play (laughs) is that life is so much more than just their mistake. And so I don't think it's a far reach for her to then choose to set the atmosphere of comedy. Um, And I think that's thrilling. And I think um, that's life too, you know, to some degree. Life can be really hard and tough and met with so many obstacles and challenges, but where you do still find joy in the light and the darkness, you know, um, despite those obstacles. So I, I, I think it's great. I think audiences come in. Much like yourself, you know, very yeah. surprised. Like, this was not the show I thought it was going. This is not how I thought I was going to see the show that I just saw. Yeah, but that's not a bad thing because it's a fantastic piece. Sure. And, and I don't know if you're one of those 
uh, actors and performers who like shies away from reviews, but they were very good. They had very good notices for everybody. But one of the things that kind of tickled me as I was reading all of the reviews was the critics came up with a lot of creative ways to describe Clyde specifically. Um, but I wonder, oh, really? well, just they were trying to not give too much away, um, but tried to describe, you know, a little with a little specificity. But I wondered, you know, talking to you, how you would describe her as the person who has to, you know, slip into her skin and 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 uh, wardrobe eight times a week. <laughs> I would describe Clyde. Clyde is a no nonsense, tough talking, whip smart, quick tongued survivor who is doing the best she can with what she knows how. She is a businesswoman, a boss. She is ambitious in the best sense of the word. And a woman who who is doing everything in her power to offer up some tough love to her employees and to spare them the devastation of disappointment that she has felt in her own life. Hmm. That's interesting because I imagine that for most people who see the show, they would not see some of those uh, characteristics, but you obviously <laughs> have to see some of those things as you are portraying her. So do you, you think that a lot of what she does in the show comes from a place of love? Absolutely. I mean, she can't be all bad. She sure. goes, you know, uh, Letitia, the brilliant Kara's character says, you know, um, She's the only one. She 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 was the only one who would hire me. Raphael, his character Clyde, was the only one who'd look me in the eye. You know, we learn a lot of the bitter and the sweet of this character through the mouths of her employees. You know that she's like a lucha libre. She's a you know a beautiful woman. She's um, she's like a, a horny little dude. All these things that they describe her. But then there's also every single time they talk about getting the job, they also you into the fact that this woman is choosing to hire returnees. She could hire anybody, but that's who she chooses to hire. One. Two, what's also not lost on me when I was going over the script in the beginning was that the way that they describe their hire, this is the only person who it seems like actually treated them like a human being. Yeah. Yeah, look at we, you know, look yes, we're seeing how she's behaving at work and I think that has a lot more to do with her own vulnerabilities and heartbreaks and, again, the tough love of it all. But the facts are that they, someone, one, as much as they're complaining, they're also saying this is the only person, not one of the only, the only person who would look me in the eye. This is the only, and, you know, no, she's not nice, you know, but and Clyde hired us, you know, she brought me in. Jason, with all, despite being covered in white supremacist tattoos, Right, she mm -hmm. still hires him. Um, I think that teach that taught me anyway a lot of she you know this line she's not nice. I don't know if I think she's necessarily nice, but yeah. I, I <laughs> but nice as the great Stephen Sondheim taught us is different from good. Yeah, very well done. That was uh, excellently woven in there, especially this week <laughs> of all weeks. Um, yeah. I, I I wonder. When you first got the script, you said as you were going through it, was it fairly close to the form that we see now, or did you uh, were you involved through different iterations of the show as Lynn and maybe Kate as well developed it into what we're seeing on stage right now? It was pretty much 
much close as close to this as I, I was. I was not involved in any other iteration of this show. I know that they've done other production or another production, one production. Mm-hmm. I think in Minnesota or something. Yeah, um, yeah, that the Guthrie, and I know they've had. Um, I think they've also had maybe workshops at some certain points, but I was not involved in any of them, any of those. So um, this version is pretty close to. I'm sure you know there were small, subtle changes here and there, but for the most part, this is the script. Yeah, I didn't know if you kind of saw uh, an arc of change in how you reacted to the character from start to finish. But um, if it's pretty much uh, the way you saw it, I would imagine that you've uh, had a fairly linear development with the character. But um, you mentioned some of the, you know, the other her employees, Clyde's employees. And, you know, I think she's less than an ideal mentor to her staff, but she's a mentor (laughs) nonetheless. But you, as Uzo, you are the leader of this company. Your name's above the title. Do you feel a responsibility to mentor the younger members of the company as incredibly talented as they are um, with all of your experiences? Do you have uh, that urge to kind of do what Clyde does not do for her employees with your castmates? Right. I mean, I certainly am not someone who believes in... um, entering any space with an iron fist of any kind. That's not my practice. I think, uh, <laughs> I, I, I hope no one would ever describe me as such. I kind of like to be sort of quiet. Um, I like my work to sort of, and I guess my work ethic to be one that is supportive, um, disciplined, consistent, and welcoming. Um, and I think that's the space, I, the way I want to be and exist in the space. You know, um, my name is not about the title of the show, although the title of the show is my character's name. So I feel like, you know, all, each and every single one of us is out there working. We're working incredibly hard. Everybody is, you know, I think, I think of us as all just trying our very best to find the core of the story and being able to be able to give that access out to the audience, you know, that information to do it as generously as possible. And so um, I think that I, I, I just try and my best to like, let that be what speaks in the room for my fellow castmates. Um, every single person in this show is ex- exceptionally talented, as you've mm-hmm. already mentioned, and has worked, you know, in numerous productions. Um, they all know what they are doing and how to execute it. Um, so uh, we're just, you know, building building together like a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very well done. I, I apologize for uh, the billing mistake. Your face is definitely everywhere above the title um, <laughs> on all of the advertising. So I apologize about that. But um it really is an interesting uh, uh, group of, of people because with you and especially Ron are two names that a lot of theater people know, but obviously a lot of uh, folks from television and, and film know as well. But you talk about seeing everybody in the cast working. There's a lot of time, I'd imagine, especially during the rehearsal process where you might have been watching some of the other people uh, work as Clyde wasn't involved in scenes. What did you 
notice from the process from especially, you know, Edmund and Reza and, and Kara, these, you know, the three employees who really are at odds with Clyde a lot. What what can you say about their performances and their work in this show? Oh, sure. Yeah, I think they're all just exceptional. You know, I did. I had a lot of opportunities to sit down and to be watching. And it was so great. You know, I think my favorite thing was to see that every single person has a different superpower. Hmm. Um, and it was amazing to watch how almost like Avengers or something, you know, like, or like Captain Planet or something, you know, yeah. like it's like with our powers combined, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, you could see how each of their superpowers was completely unique to each of them. And what were, the, what were those superpowers? Just from like the open heartedness on the romance and the, 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 the open heart of Rez to the, 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 the searching and the, um, the, 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 I don't know if lost is the right word, but the, the newfound land of Edmund to the uh, innocence and joy of Kara to the serene nature of Ron, you could see each of them had something completely unique to their character and their portrayals of their character, portrayal of their character, and that, like, nobody else could do that thing. And we absolutely, absolutely needed that thing in order for that that kitchen to work. And it's and and it's. I thought it was just a beautiful way, both how they played it and how Lynn wrote it, that you could see how each of those um, unique flavors, as Montrellis would say, you know, works to make the perfect, quote unquote, perfect sandwich. That that ensemble nature. And it was just great. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, you, a few minutes ago, you quoted Into the Woods and a lot, yeah. a, a lot of folks, especially since uh, Mr. Sondheim's passing, have talked about how Into the Woods or even Sunday in the Park with George, those things filmed on PBS were kind of their entrees into the world of theater. And it was announced just a week or so ago that Clyde's will be streaming uh, the last couple of weeks of performances from January 4th through the 16th. And hopefully this will be an opportunity for many more people to see this show in, in New York theater in general, I suppose, that wouldn't get a chance to see it um, at the Helen Hayes. I, I wonder, was there something, whether it was on television or VHS or in person, that really was the catalyst for you to fall in love with theater at a young age? Or was it just the love of performing or was it one specific touch point in, in your childhood or anything like that? Well, I mean, I more so, I, I saw a more so movie musicals. Um, sure. I, that, you know, I, I didn't, it didn't make me necessarily say I want to be an actor, but I knew that I loved them. I loved sound of music. I loved my fair lady. I loved West side story. I loved. Um, Carmen Jones, I loved um, uh, Oklahoma, you know, um, I loved those movies growing up, my, my family, my parents, my aunts, they loved those movies um, and were upset, we were obsessed as a family with sound of music um, mm. and just so in love with it um, and 
you know, I remember my mother telling me a story when she was a kid, you know, someone had brought when she, that sound of music was like one of the first movies she ever saw, you know, and somebody in her neighbor, I think it was, had a projector and brought it home from oh, wow. London to Nigeria, you know, in Nigeria. And they watched it, you know, they had brought the projector over and they watched it all. And she was just like, this is amazing. You know, just loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, and so we, lo- I loved those movies as a kid and my family still continues to watch Sound of Music every single year uh, during Christmas. Um, so yeah, those were movies that like really ca- caught my eye. Rent, the musical, the soundtrack is what really like, I remember was the pivotal moment in my life having I bought the soundtrack and was immediately captured by it, listened to it ad nauseum with my sister Chi Chi, and we knew all the words. And then I think it was that summer we went to see it. The touring company came um, to Boston, first national tour. We saw it at the Schubert Theater. And I remember it was the first time that I had ever fully memorized the score and then was seeing the show and I was blown away. And I remember thinking to myself, that was, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know anything about this. You could be an actor in real life, but I remember thinking to myself, watching it, my mind was blown, like seeing the action to these words that I knew so well and this music that I knew so well and thinking to myself, like whatever this is, I wish I could do something like that. Like whatever that is. I don't even, I didn't even know the word musical theater. You know, I just knew that, yeah. it, you know, I was like, whatever that is, I would, I would love to do something like that. Yeah. That's amazing. We're of the same era. So I had a lot of similar things with with Rent as well. So uh, I'm very much with you there. So um, I will wrap this up because I'm sure you have things to do, but I, I can't end this conversation without asking the most important question. And that is, what is your idea of a perfect sandwich? <laughs> well, a perfect sandwich to me is the one I've been eating my entire life since okay. I'm a kid in my hometown. I love a turkey, lettuce, tomato, pickles, American cheese, extra mayo on a hero cold. Okay. Is there a specific place in your hometown where you can get this or is that it just those are the ingredients? Yes. yes. I go to, is it, well, in my hometown, the best place. I would get it. I would get it there, a, a medium size in my hometown. Now, if we're talking my hometown, <laughs> it's Isabella's Restaurant. Groceria is the full name, I think. Now they changed it, but the Isabella Sandwich Shop in Mansfield, Massachusetts. They may if you get it on a medium size, not a hero. If we're talking my hometown, you get it on medium because they have this incredible bread that they make it on that's just absolutely delicious. Every single time I am home. My entire family, we go to that shop and get our own sandwiches. If it's not that one I just named, then it's my best friend who invented a sandwich called Simi's Pesto, Chicken Pesto, which is still there since we were kids. Oh, wow. Um, It's also delicious. That's a strong number two for me. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Would Montrellis approve of those, do you think? I think he would approve of that, particularly the Simi's Chicken Pesto. Okay. All right. I will take your word for it, but it sounds delicious <laughs> either way. Um, but thank you so much for, for talking about this. I, as I said, I, I love the show and I'm so looking forward to seeing it um, a, again when it streams. And uh, congratulations on all of the success. And, and I hope you have a, a great rest of the run through uh, mid-January. Thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Be well. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And you can reach out to Broadway Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. We will have a link to where you can get tickets to see Clyde's both on stage and screen and Uzo's social media information in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. Tell Me More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks, of course, to Uzo Aduba, Lauren Duffy, Emma Bird, Madeline Merritts, and the man without whom none of Broadway Radio is possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening, and remember, believe in yourself right from the start. You'll have brains, you'll have a heart, you'll have courage to last your whole life through. Also, always get a second scoop, and when you get the chance, ask people to tell you more. <laughs>